Unintellectual, a podcast where two totally unqualified people untangle their unfiltered, unorthodox, and sometimes unintelligent takes on life, social issues, and random thoughts that nobody asks for. I'm Shannon, and I'm Zoe, and we're your hosts for today. Hey Shannon, so what are we talking about today, tonight, now? <laughs> so today we'll be destroying anti-LGBT arguments. Okay, um, just to clarify, this title is like really ironic. Firstly, because we don't think we're like smart enough to completely destroy these arguments. And secondly, it's just taken from like our favourite conservative Ben Shapiro who always destroys college liberals and like cancels leftists and like all that. So um, we are inspired by him to make this. Yeah, so I guess this title is a little jab. Or, okay, maybe not a jab at him, just a homage to, mm, his, yeah, yeah. to his um really, really amazing videos that um I guess we found a few problems with. So today we're just going to be talking about some of these common arguments that have been made against, Anti, um, uh, against, <laughs> against the LGBT community. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I guess um to like as a celebration for the end of Pride Month. I and think Pink Dot, which is like right now. Yeah, um as a celebration for like the end of like Pride Month and stuff like that, we thought it'd be really timely apt. yeah apt to, appropriate timely yeah yeah to share about uh, like our thoughts on it mm-hmm. um again disclaimer we might not always be correct yeah. or like the best at de- delivering our points so if you have anything else to add or argue with us argue against us <laughs> yeah. um you like, can just dm us i guess yeah or message us if you're our friends <laughs> yeah so oh and another disclaimer um i think in our EP zero, we mentioned that we wanted to like do things where we can like debate with each other. But this um specific episode will be in the form of a rebuttal because I think both of us we don't really see a lot of merit in the anti LGBT arguments themselves. I think we're pretty much like pro LGBT because like rights. So yeah, that's why this will be a rebuttal instead of a debate. So Yeah. yeah. Um I guess okay, we will be st- we will still be sharing the points from the other side, mm-hmm. but I think because we can't we there isn't mm-hmm. one that I can um fully agree that I can agree with or I just sit there and I'm like, hmm, I guess they're they're correct. Yeah. No rights <laughs> for LGBT. So um that's why we kind of think that it'll be more appropriate to um structure this mm-hmm. in a form of a rebuttal instead yeah. of um giving equal credence to both sides. Yeah. But still we will be open minded. So if you have your own opinions you're like strongly against the LGBT community, um send something to us and we will like talk to you about it. Yeah. Alright, so the first argument that we hear very commonly is that homosexuality is a sin according to religion. Okay, so when I hear this argument, right, the one thing that just comes to my mind is this meme. Because it's disrespectful. To you. It is disrespectful for one woman. Red. To you. Yeah, so basically I think that's not very valid because for me personally, I guess as a non-religious person, your religious text doesn't mean anything to me right mm-hmm. so for example like if let's say to muslim people um eating pork is a sin or to buddhist people you cannot eat beef because apparently they believe it's like the reincarnation of your ancestors or something or something oh, along okay. those lines like actually <laughs> yeah i think like they believe that so yeah like when you eat beef like that's also i guess quote unquote a sin in the in buddhism but that doesn't mean anything to a Christian person or to a Muslim person. Mm-hmm. So likewise, why should your religious belief impede on someone else's um someone else's life when it's not something that will actually affect you, right? Yeah. And I guess maybe an issue that might come along with this is for example, if we were to legalize gay marriage, would it be okay for someone who's religious who doesn't believe in it to like is it would it be wrong for them to endorse it? 
or you know like we discussed before mm-hmm. it's the idea of even if you legalize marriage if two gay people decide to get married the sin is not on you yeah you know it's their own sin to <laughs> settle themselves but yeah. in the in the end even if you sort of allow it to happen it's still not your sin that you have committed yeah okay but just to clarify we don't think it's a sin yeah, yeah it's yeah. just that we're talking about it from like a from, standpoint yeah yeah and also for me i think that like with the whole um muslim uh not eating pork thing right so mm-hmm. for example if muslims don't eat pork does that mean that we outlaw pork for everyone, everyone. Yeah. yeah like in order to accommodate um the like muslim people know why like muslims don't demand that um we can't eat pork because because of them so why should you demand that like why should you have the right to demand that people don't get married because it's against your religious beliefs mm-hmm. right it, it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. especially because i think that since the since like our like governments should be secular like I don't think that governments should um operate from a religious standpoint yeah. because there's so many religions in a single in a singular country, right? So by that logic, freedom of religion amongst within a country should also translate into freedom from religion. Mm-hmm. So someone who isn't religious shouldn't have to abide by yeah. your religious laws, right? So I think that argument I'm not like we're not gonna argue on the basis of whether or not it's a sin because that's really a, a religious standpoint that I mean we we wouldn't really understand. Yeah. But just on the like logical basis, like your beliefs basically shouldn't affect someone else's right to live their, their life how they want to. Uh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the second argument is homosexual couples do not contribute to society productively as they cannot have children. Mm-hmm. So I think in today's context, we need to break it down into two kind of sub-ideas where it's firstly, are children really the goal of marriage? And secondly, do all heterosexual couples have children? Because... Yeah. The main idea here is that they are not productive because they don't have children. But on the flip side, do re- do all het- heterosexual couples have children? And if they don't, should people who don't have children not be allowed to marry? Yeah, that's right, right? Like, because in my perspective, I don't think that all hetero... Okay, that's not even an opinion, actually. Why am I saying that? <laughs> not all heterosexual couples have children. That's the thing. There mm. are women who are infertile and yeah. there are men who are infertile. So... Are we saying that their marriages are basically unproductive for society <laughs> because and, and like they shouldn't yeah. be allowed to marry because they they can't have children? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. and not just that, but it's the like when even if they cannot have children, even if they cannot have children, they can still raise children mm-hmm. if we allow them. If the law allows them to adopt, and if you look at statistics, like over five hundred thousand same sex household couples in the United States, and about one fifth of them have children. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, obviously they adopted the children. So, I would say that that is actually more productive in that sense because they're not contributing to um, overpopulation, yeah. but they are still housing children that, that need are, homes. Yeah, that need homes and are in foster care. And I think that's, that's, that's pretty damn productive yeah. if you ask me, right? And I think another thing that we mentioned just now was the idea of, you know, prim- having children primaritally. If a homosexual couple adopts a child, they might be more ready to have a child compared to a child that is born out of an accident. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Like, if if let's say um there are two teenagers who accidentally have a kid, mm-hmm. do you think that they will be more suitable to raise a child as compared to a homosexual couple who mm-hmm. is who has been taking the necessary steps and has and is actually going through the p- process of adoption? Yeah. Okay, I think, okay, I mean, I still take issue with the fact of, I guess, categorizing things like relationships or like human, um, human relationships in terms of productive things and unproductive. Produce, right? yeah. yeah, in terms of productive and unproductive. But 
that's a that's a topic for capitalism <laughs> but <laughs> anyways like in i guess in this context it is productive if the laws that we have allow them to be if you yeah. think that children should be the primary goal of having of um having a marriage or like being married then we should think about why our laws don't allow um gay, gay people, people to because if you think a- adopt as well sorry to like interrupt but if yeah. you think about it gay people wouldn't just suddenly marry um some of the opposite sex just because they aren't allowed to marry gay people yeah so in a way they will i mean i don't know if we're generalizing but i don't think someone who's gay would just um magically have children if they're not allowed to marry someone of the same sex so yeah. either way they will uh, like, so called never be productive yeah like I don't like I don't think that like in their minds they go hmm I guess since like the government doesn't allow me to get married I guess I will just I'll like just fuck a woman yeah I'll just like fuck a yeah. woman or something and to like children. yeah to like in order to be a productive contributing member of society I like yeah. that doesn't make any sense right yeah yeah okay so, so okay so the next point is sort of related to this idea about marriage and children mm. Okay, so the next argument was um, something that we actually found from a conservative co- commentator in America. His name is Ben Shapiro. And okay, he makes a lot of these type of, I guess, uh, arguments against LGBT. And one of them that he said was, gay people shouldn't adopt because he believes that mothers and fathers play different roles in the family unit. Ben Shapiro then goes on to cite this study conducted by the US Department of Health and Human Services and basically states that children with involved caring fathers have better educational outcomes and generally do better in life as a reason for why um gay people shouldn't gay people or gay couples are not as good at um bringing up children compared to straight couples because men and women fundamentally play different roles in um child, child yeah in raising a child mm-hmm. And that and uses that as a reason as to why um straight couples will do a better job. Mm-hmm. Mm. So in terms of this argument, I think there are like two aspects that we need to tackle. So the first half is the evidence that was used by Ben Shapiro because we found that there are actually a lot of flaws in them. And the second half would also be like the sort of assumptions we have of whether mothers and fathers really do have a set role in a in a parenting relationship, if you would say that. So for the report, there were two main problems. So the first was that it didn't really address how a, fa- how a father is important to a parenting relationship with specific regard to his uh, gender or sex as a male. Instead, the report was actually focusing on the issues of parental neglect by a father. So, it, so even though the, like, the evidence that was given was that, oh, children, so quote, children with involved caring fathers have better educational outcomes, and generally do better in life, it's actually not referring to children having fathers as opposed to like uh, two mothers. But it's, I think it's mainly just talking about um, when children just don't have fathers. So perhaps like single parent relationships. So in that sense, it does, it does not fulfill this, um, the, the argument that gay couples would be bad parents because there are no fathers to like fulfill a specific role in the family unit. And the second issue is that the report only focused on straight relationships and did not talk about homosexual relationships at all. It did not study them at all. So even though the report did make some claims like if a father and a mother have a healthy relationship, it might teach their sons to treat women with respect or vice versa, you can't make the inference that, oh, um, it is important to have a father in a relationship so that sons will learn to treat women with respect because it does not tell us that a mother cannot teach that or the report doesn't explicitly say that 
um, a homosexual relationship with two fathers cannot teach that. So that's why you also cannot really make these claims from that report. Yeah, and I think the entire issue I have with this claim as well is the fact that mothers and fathers are different all across like the spectrum. Mm. You can't you don't have you don't really have um a set specific type of mother and you don't have a set specific type of father. Yeah. So within like us within like a family unit, mothers mothers, for example, in some families, mothers can be the one who is primarily involved in cooking yeah. yeah in for from like for in cooking or cleaning etc but in other families you can you have you have also see father you stay can also dads, see right? yeah, yeah you can also see stay at home dads and dads who spend more of the time cooking and cleaning compared to like mothers so are those relationships then wrong because invalid, then invalid. yeah then invalid because these they are not playing traditional. the traditional roles yeah. of what a father or mother figure should be no yeah okay but Let's, if we tackle the issue further, like, what do you think are certain roles that a father or mother has to play? Like, what do you think Shapiro is thinking about? I think he's thinking about how, okay, I know that for a lot of conservatives, what they believe is that the father should be, should raise, like, their sons to, I guess, be strong mm-hmm. and to be mm-hmm. uh, protectors of the family. Yeah. So the father is seen as the one who's supposed to protect the fa- family and then the mother is supposed to play a more nurturing role, such as taking care of the children when they're sick yeah. or being the one who comforts them when they cry. And then I guess the father's the one who's supposed to be like, no, be a man, man mm-hmm. up, that kind of thing. Yeah. So what do you think about that whole notion that mothers and fathers have to play these set the specific set of roles, I guess, according to, mm. like, as what Shapiro brings up. I guess, in a sense, having these set roles for parents from the beginning, in a way, sort of perpetuates these types of toxic stereotypes that people grew up with, mm. and that I think nowadays we're trying to reject. Yeah. So I think, in fact, having these really strict roles of the father teaching a son to be strong and, like, don't not cry, mm-hmm. whereas the mother nurtures, I guess, in a sense might be the source of this these stereotypes that we see later in life. Yeah. And also, like, I think I was lucky because I was raised in a family where um, these roles weren't very, very sad. Okay, mm-hmm. to be fair, I do have two sisters. I have no brothers. Uh. But for me, I have actually seen my dad cleaning the toilet more than my mom. And my <laughs> dad cooks way more than my yeah, mom. Yeah. My mom <laughs> does not cook. I mean... I'm sorry if she's listening, but like she cooks Maggie Mee at best, I guess, <laughs> or like maybe sometimes pasta. But my dad is the one who cooks like everything, mm-hmm. so I do see that. Like I guess even within my ho- own household, I see that how these, I can see how these gender roles are very malleable. Like it's not set. Mm-hmm. Oh, a mom, a mom has to be the one cooking. A dad has to be the one doing these yeah. things. So, that's why I would okay. I guess we can take from that, and then we see in, um, I guess a gay couple. So for gay couples they we like like we don't really need to see it in like traditional gender roles because even within men and um even between a heterosexual relationship men and women don't play traditional mother or father mm-hmm. roles all the time yeah so why would it be an issue that within a gay cup within a gay family maybe someone isn't really playing a mother or a father role i think that's completely fine i think your main role isn't i guess I guess for me, to me, your main role isn't exactly mothers and fathers, but more it's just of the care- work, is it? Yeah, or more of just caretakers yeah. or someone who is there to support like the children or yeah. um, make sure that they grow up and don't kill people. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay, then the next argument is that movies or media with homosexual content should be age restricted because kids shouldn't be exposed to homosexuality as a lifestyle. Okay, so I think one that's the the main argument that we have to kind of discuss or unpack is do people choose to be gay 
and therefore can children learn to be gay, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think the issue, the main issue that I take with that statement is the word lifestyle, mm-hmm. because a lifestyle is something that you can always change and you can choose. Yeah. But being gay isn't a lifestyle of like preference that can be learned or changed, right? There yeah. has been so many like studies that have talked about the ineffectiveness of things like conversion therapy. Yeah. So for example, in 2009, the American Psychological Association published a report which concluded that there was compelling evidence suggesting that cases of individuals going from gay to straight were very rare and that many individuals continued to experience same-sex sexual attractions, that was a tongue twister, after therapy. And it also added there was, that there was insufficient evidence to support the use of psychological interventions to change sexual orientation. Yeah, and also I, I guess one question that I want to bring up when, because just now we mentioned that it was rare, right, for people to actually be converted. I think one thing that we, when we read that, we were like, huh, was that, um, do you think that those people might have just, um, quote unquote, uh-huh. changed because oh, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. pressure of changing and not really because their sexual orientation actually mm-hmm. changed. Yeah. So I think that's one thing to also take into consideration when you look at things, even at like rare cases. Sorts. Yeah, even at like these sorts of statistics, mm-hmm. right? Um, anyways, so I think my opinion is just that a preference is something that is cultivated. Like, for example, okay, like I prefer chocolate over vanilla. So even though I like chocolate more, if vanilla ice cream is something, is the only one that's available, I can still eat it and enjoy. Not having access to like chocolate ice cream, while I pref- which I prefer, is not something that will significantly affect my life and I can easily move on with it while and eat other ice cream flavors that are available mm-hmm. whereas for gay people that's not the case because for gay people right like if if you are a man who is gay if you are a man who is gay but you're not bisexual or anything you can put a consenting naked woman in front of him and he will still not want to have sex with her and i have also watched all seasons of orange is the new black uh-huh. And, like, I've seen a lot of boobs there, but mm-hmm. my thought wasn't like, oh my god, I'm gonna go, like, fuck a woman now. Yeah. My thought was just, hmm, my boobs are kind of small. But that's, like, that's the only thing I thought about. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, and I guess as a straight woman, like, when I'm watching it, I'm like, uh, like, like, for me personally, I'm like, uh, yeah, gay sex is just completely not for me. Mm-hmm. So, f- I can imagine, like, uh, like, I can imagine a child also, like, I can't imagine a child watching it and being like, oh yeah, I think I'm gay because I see a gay person on TV, you know, I don't think that's mm-hmm. how sexuality works, yeah. I think it's really something that's innate in us, mm-hmm. like just like how if, let's say, gay people can grow up, I guess, watching so many straight people on television, and then they still turn they out still, gay, yeah. yeah, like why can't we apply that same logic to ourselves, if we can watch so many, um, like, uh, if we can watch gay people without turning gay, then why would we assume that, that, the, that, that isn't that wouldn't be true for all for like our children. Mm. Okay, so the next argument that we have is that it would be someone's freedom of speech in uh to be able to call a transgender person by whichever pronoun they believe is in line with biological reality. So how do we feel about that? Um okay, so for me personally, I agree with the fact that yes, we have freedom of speech. I will mm-hmm. not physically go and get you yeah. and be like, you must call like that person by her preferred gender pronoun yeah. and then like you gag that person and uh-huh. force like their preferred pronoun out of their thoughts. But just as you have the freedom of speech, I guess, to refer to whoever, like whatever, per- like to refer to that person to whatever pronoun you think that they are, that person has the right to call you a bigot because of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you want your freedom of speech to say whatever 
like homophobic or transphobic blah 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 things that you want to say you need to respect other people's freedom of speech to, to criticize yeah to criticize yeah. you for saying those kind of those kind of things lah and i think that it's quite it's not a very good argument to say that to like to be offended when when people try to i guess curb your freedom of speech of yeah. referring to people by their by their wrong pronouns and then go and then be offended when they call you out for it right i think you if you think about it proportionally the hurt that you cause someone by sort of rejecting their identity is much greater than the hurt that is caused to yourself having to so called conform to your conform to a different belief and also mm. i think another issue here is that I believe in society we've already made a distinction between sex and gender, so mm-hmm. I don't, um, I don't understand why someone would still have to stick to believing in biological reality when we already know that gender is something fluid which can change. Okay, or but I guess change, that's but, a, that yeah. is something that is contentious amongst like co- a lot of uh-huh. conservatives. Like I do think that they don't think that sex and gender are very very separate. So I think for a lot of liberals, like um, they what they believe is that sex is biology, your chromosomes, yeah. XY chromosomes or XX chromosomes. But then for gender, it is something that is uh, how you present yourself to society yeah. and the way that you behave. But I think for conservatives, they believe that the two are very intertwined. So sex is your chromosomes, but then gender is how you act because of your chromosomes. Does that make sense? Oh, like like okay. your, let's say like, I, I don't know, maybe, gender... maybe like testosterone levels and then you, you that's why you are more aggressive. I don't really know. But, but I guess in a like sense, that. even based on that definition, it's still, sex is like the physical unchanged, not so somewhat unchangeable thing mm-hmm. that you're born with. But in, in, this, in that sense, gender is still a behavior that is learned. So it's mm. still not exactly a very physical, unchangeable thing. Mm. That's what I would, I would um, yeah. infer from their that sort of mm-hmm. um, ideology definition yeah and I think for me also like it, the, the there there wouldn't be any reason to place a distinction there wouldn't be any reason for two words to be used sex and gender if they were the same thing right mm, yeah. and I do think that we can see across many different societies that gender the way you present gender or what is seen as masculine and what is seen as feminine yeah. also really changes quite a bit so there's no... Like, if I ask you for one fixed way to be a woman, there isn't really a fixed way to be a woman. Yeah. Someone like... For example, if I say, oh, um, women are always docile and, like, kind and nice. Just not true. Yeah, not like, nice. I'm not, not nice. I'm not kind. Like, I'm not docile. Yeah. So I think that you can always find exceptions to this rule. Then does that mean that I am not a woman if I'm not kind, docile, blah, blah, blah? Mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah. why, to me, it doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Wait, but actually, I don't know if we went just we just went off point. No, I think it was fine. Gender and okay now. No, I think it's fine. Okay, and and wait. Oh, we should share about the the time that we were in year two. Oh, wait, should we? What I think that's quite. No, I think that's quite funny. Okay. Like, I, I I don't think they'll care. Okay, so in year two, um, we had some <laughs> friends who wanted to call someone, um, refer to someone based on the biological reality that they believed in. So back then, both Shen and I were like super like. SJW like no like no yeah, that's yeah. wrong and then so we were super like but I guess we couldn't articulate it that yeah. well back then <laughs> so we were like super like pressed about it so we decided as a way to get back we would call them the opposite of what their biological reality was yeah, so and we, see how they would feel yeah okay so um, basically those two people were girls uh, I mean that's what they believe <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay, anyways yeah so they were girls and then what we did was that we called them Bob for I think it was a straight. We, we just gave we just gave them male names. Yeah, like we I think like, called them one of them Bob, Bob and, and like something else. I don't remember. Jack and Drew. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Some something like that. One of them was definitely Bob. I remember Bob. 
and uh, they, they weren't very pleased. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that that kind of, like, for, so I guess for me, this is more of, like, a respect thing, you know? Like, if, let's say, your name is, I don't know, Zoe, you wouldn't really want someone going around calling you Andrew Zach. or Zach, right? <laughs> like, 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 why would you yeah. call someone, like, Zach if they tell you that your name is Zoe? Why would you go out of your way to annoy and, like, piss them mm. off, right? And I think also one of the things that happened, oh, like, so for that story, um, I remember they got quite pissed at us. <laughs> and, oh, okay, it got to a boiling point. And that was my fault, actually. Because, like, Zoe, okay, so, you know, when you're, like, younger, you have this thing where, I guess, I think everyone went through this phase where you just subtweet people on Instagram <laughs> yeah. or, like, Twitter, etc. And I think I used to do that quite a bit when I was young. So I would... I, I think I posted this... I remember so distinctly. I, I posted this picture. Ironically, it was a picture of Donald Trump being really angry. And he acted... It uh-huh. was this picture of like Donald Trump like being really angry. I don't know why that was in my photo album, but it was. And I just used that because it encapsulated my anger, I guess. So <laughs> I posted that. And then I had this whole long... I had this really long rant about how you... How they should have been, like, I guess, respecting, like, uh-huh. that person's gender pronoun. And it was really funny because... Well, well, firstly, because we know that Trump is trying to eradicate transgender rights in the US uh-huh. now. So that's kind of funny that I used that picture. And also... um, Yeah, so I posted that really long rant. And then the next day, that person got... Just didn't speak to me. And then it was, <laughs> like... It was really high tension. But I have, I remember like sounding quite aggressive in that post. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I do actually regret sounding so aggressive at that point in time. Uh-huh. Because I think I didn't do anything rather other than, I guess, further like, agitate, like, the situation, right? Yeah. Or, like, further, he- further heighten, like, the tension. Like, rather than speaking to her, I was speaking at her by mm. posting like that. So, yeah, so, like, mm. we could have been more effect- effective in, like, educating people maybe if we like talk to them rather than piss them off yeah i, I remember that I mean, was... like, we proved a point but like we didn't really achieve anything because i don't know if like they they just got pissed or they actually like realized something yeah i don't actually think we changed their minds yeah. at least at least not at that point in time i don't think that that was really constructive in the conversation mm. so i i mean like ever since then i haven't like um, i think we've changed yeah we haven't we haven't <laughs> like done so things SJW like that like, yeah, yeah we have i've never done that kind of mm-hmm. thing ever again and mm-hmm. i think that's kind of the important part of this course you just need to discuss with people and like teach each other and learn from yeah each other. i mean i guess don't go into a conversation thinking that oh i'm here to teach change. you yeah. or like change teach you or like change your mind but more of to have a conversation and kind of rationalize both points of Views. At least put forth your argument in a nicer way rather than attack people. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would have changed that definitely. Mm. Okay, and the final argument that we have from Ben Shapiro himself is that according to research, it makes absolutely no difference as to whether or not people acknowledge transgenderism to their suicide rates. And he brought up a study by the Anderson School at UCLA where like it makes no difference whether people recognize you as transgender or not. He also claims that it has nothing to do with how they are treated and that being trans itself leads to suffering. So the reason why trans people commit suicide is because they are trans. Okay? Yeah. But the thing is that when we took a look at this actual study, um, which is called Suicide Attempts Amongst Transgender and Gender Non-Confirming adult- Adults, the very first page debunks this entire narrative that he brings up. Okay, So the study tells us that respondents who experience rejection by family and friends or experienced discrimination, victimization, or violence had elevated prevalence of suicide attempts. So some examples of these statistics is that 
um, for people whose family choose not to speak or spend time with them, they are 57% more likely to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And for those who are discriminated, discriminated, harassed or bullied at school, they will be 50 to 54% more likely to commit suicide. Alright, so this entire argument was kind of just debunked by this study that he cited wrongly. We, like, I don't know how yeah. he cited it. Like, it was the very first page. Yeah, so, and yeah, he said that there was no evidence that showed it. But I mean, when you actually click on like the link that was mm-hmm. provided and you look through the thing, which I, which, okay, I think this is the issue with, with people who cite statistics yeah. in these kind of videos, is because no one actually has the time to go and look through every single study yeah. that you cite. Because... Like, like literally, like why would you go and look to it? It's just that yeah. because the only reason why like I've like found the need to click on it was because I think I heard about it from another YouTuber, and also because this statistic just didn't really it seem sound right. right. It just yeah. didn't seem right at all to me. But so I'm just kind of wondering like how many statistics do like I guess people cite, and then yeah. you you just never know whether it's true or not, right? And it's pretty scary because if you think about it, Ben Shapiro is like speaking to a room full of like college students who many of them just clap and like agree with him. And you think about the number of people that are putting into their brains these rubbish statistics and not bothering to fact check. I think that's a very scary thing. Yeah. But then again, like I understand it would be very tiring if you have to like fact check every single statistic that someone mentions. But I guess for someone who is so um like who, who someone for someone who's so prevalent in the media, it, it is scary when they cherry pick. Yeah. Because they have the power to influence so many people. Yeah, and also, according to the same study that he cites, lifetime suicide rate attempts were found to be the lowest among respondents who said that people can never tell if they are transgender or gender non-conforming. Mm-hmm. So, so it almost seems as if like the reason why people are committing suicide is because people can tell that they're transgender and they treat them differently because of it, right? Yeah. It's almost as if how you're treated by people as a result of your gender yeah. identity does have a role to play yeah. in your like in the prevalence of suicide amongst mm-hmm. transgender or gender non-conforming people. Yeah. Yeah. So this study, I mean, there's nothing much else for us to say other than the it's wrong. Stu- the stat is just wrong. <laughs> yeah. Just plain wrong. Um, but yeah, facts don't feel care about your feelings, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shannon okay. and Zoe destroy Afro LG I mean anti LGBT arguments. arguments. Oh, and the really funny thing about all of these things is that they always have like they always come with this tagline like the like XXX destroys liberals. Oh um, yeah, for yeah. XXX argument like yeah. abortion or like LGBT. Oh and yeah, the destroys that, like lefty uh called a uh, yeah. triggered leftist snowflake. Yeah. And the thing is that these arguments are always with like these like really like pe- people who speak super fast like Mr. Ben <laughs> who speaks <laughs> so ben. fast that you just like get a headache from listening to it and it's like a poor college student who's just like probably like doesn't know what to say. Like yeah. if it was us I think I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. But and I and I think that the issue with this is also kind of like the idea that um, just because you win a debate means that you're right. Yeah, it, like the whole the idea of a debate is not that um you are okay. The idea of winning a debate is not that the person with the most correct premise always wins. It is that the person who has the best rhetoric and the person yeah. who sounds the most correct. Will Whoever win. can speak over you, yeah, even if they're just wrong. And I I guess this is something that's really worrying in I guess politics as well because mm-hmm. you know. Like how, I guess... How okay, I think lot... today is our thought for today. Yeah, okay. So I think a lot of how politics is shaped nowadays, like, you always have these, like, let's say there's a democratic, like, primary debates, mm-hmm. or there's the, fine, there's, like, the president, like, there's the debates, like, to see who becomes, I guess, the president of the United States. Even in Singapore, there's, like, the debates between PAP, Workers' Party, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? And the issue with that is that you don't have to sound, you don't actually have to put up policies that are the most correct or the most... Um, 
reliable when solving social issues it's just about whether or not your rhetoric sounds correct mm-hmm. and I think that's quite worrying because you are trusting these people who sound correct even if they might not be to run your government yeah which is quite a so I guess like in the case of Donald Trump he can sound so correct when he's like criticising wait when does he even sound correct I mean like <laughs> maybe to people who are like staunch believers they'll uh, be like yes no immigration no money to what, what, what did he cut funding from Money uh-huh. to pandemic healthcare. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's like, he can sound really convincing maybe on his Twitter. I don't know. But uh, it's just wrong. Or like, okay, okay, I guess... Uh, <laughs> okay, I think I would kind of contest the fact that he sounds correct. I think, no, not sounds <laughs> correct, but he can sound very convincing to people who believe in the same issues that he does. Oh, okay, okay. I guess, okay, okay. I think so, for example, at his rallies, he might mm-hmm. be like, make America great again. And everyone's just like, yeah, make America great again. Even though his policies, are they making America great again? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I think, I guess for the Donald Trump thing, I would say, okay, sound convincing. But, okay, I will accept sound convincing, but I won't accept sound make, correct. <laughs> sound convincing does not make sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say sounds like correct, exactly. And, okay, I think another thing about, I guess, this is our thoughts for the day is that I think when researching a lot of these statistics we kind of realise how statistics okay so like out of the three main like rhetorical devices like ethos, pathos and logos mm-hmm. right statistics falls under logos and I think I guess when you're in school you always prize logos above yeah. everything else you think that that is the most accurate way to get factual information yeah, right like IRL yeah but I think when you have organisations who I guess back certain studies or um mm like you you who like back different types of research or how like some one person can take i mean sorry two people can take a look at the same statistics and come to different conclusions yeah yeah very different conclusions it just makes me wonder how whether or not we can actually really rely on statistics to always be like the purveyor of truth yeah and i think for us even while researching for this like episode we did find some contradicting studies where you know some studies would say that oh um had um homosexual couples would make good parents or um, there's no difference from heterosexual couples or, but we might find another study with, that would say homosexual couples face more stress mm. so I guess it's I guess it's pretty hard to try to distinguish yeah. or try to grapple with the fact that you're getting informa- so much information all of which contradict itself yeah and I think one thing that we need to look at is also for example okay so for example if they say oh um, homosexual couples uh, like face tend, more to face, stress. tend to face more stress we also have to look at why things. do they face more stress yeah so is it because they are homosexual like or, yeah or is it actually because let's say their children face more bullying for having homosexual couples mm-hmm. or is it because of the fact that they are adoptive parents so you know I guess they to any more. yeah so I guess to anyone that looks in at their family they're like oh like you automatically will know right if it's a homosexual couple that mm-hmm. the child was adopted compared to yeah. if it was a heterosexual couple and that comes with it a lot of struggles and issues as well so I think the thing that we kind of learned today was just not to take statistics at face value yeah I think two things that are important to always look at is number one where are the statistics coming from is it backed by an organization that kind of that wants to push a certain agenda mm-hmm. so for example oh there was this thing that we learned before it was about cigarettes right and lung uh, cancer so back then it wasn't actually okay time yeah back then it wasn't actually proven that um smoking causes lung cancer uh-huh. and a lot oh, of was it backed by tobacco companies yeah it was oh. backed by tobacco companies and like tobacco companies basically paid like for doctors to i guess say that um smoking doesn't cause lung cancer and this was actually something that was funded for so many mm-hmm. years until it was finally like the studies were just too I mean sorry the evidence was just too overwhelming and yeah. there's a very very clear correlation between yeah. smoking and lung cancer so they just had to 
like completely like abolished that. Yep. So how do yeah. companies get away with this? I mean, when you're when you have money, you can get away with anything, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. So number one, the sources of where those statistics uh-huh. come from, and two, I think you should think about the human element of these statistics. Like you can't just take it as. Um, okay, so homosexual couples face more st- uh, stress, therefore they are bad. You should also think about the whys of these statistics and not yeah. just take it as just an indicator for everything. Mm, okay, and I think an- another thing is like the... Okay, I guess we was, we're only going to talk about two, but I guess there's a third one. is um, about whether or not these... The questions that are asked are Leading. objective, are oh, objective yeah. in... In it, like are uh, objective as well because even if they are presented in the form of statistics, it might not always be objective. So let me just give you an example, okay? So for example, okay, let's say okay, um, this is not statistic. This is not a real statistic, by the way. I'm just spitballing here. So for uh, example, <laughs> spitballing. Okay. <laughs> so this, oh, just, okay. this is a yeah, very yeah. random, ran- just a very random thing to I guess uh elaborate on my point. Okay, so for example, if let's say that you have this survey and then it says. 80% of women feel discriminated against when they are applying for a job. Oh, and then okay. you will look, someone will look at it and be like, huh, I guess that, that, is, that, that does mean that it's confirmed, like, it's confirmed that it is sexism. However, you need to, look, you need to understand that just because someone... Okay, so the question, the, the phrase of like the, like the way the question is asked in itself is like, feel that? And I feel like that is also a subjective thing. It's based yeah. off of human opinion so if you even if let's say as even a if woman, you may not be yeah even you might still feel so yeah like you might still feel discriminated mm-hmm. against and i can say this because i'm a woman so like <laughs> i am not trying to push an agenda yeah. here i am just saying that i am just yeah. saying that you know things even things like feelings can be quantified into a statistic mm-hmm. and it doesn't always mean that this is necessarily like the objective truth of yeah. the matter like if I think you will get very different results if for example you ask women who are applying for the automobile industry for example which is very very saturated by men so if let's say you are a woman one you are a woman one woman out of 10 men who are applying for um, a job at an automobile industry and then you don't get hired as mm-hmm. like a woman you might think you, you would be more you'll be a lot more likely to think that you're discriminated against because mm-hmm. you're a woman mm-hmm. compared to if let's say you asked women who were applying for jobs within the makeup industry, yeah. where let's say 10 out of um, 11 people within the industry are women. Mm-hmm. And then like those women would probably be a lot less prone to, fe- to be feeling discriminated against when they are applying for jobs there, mm-hmm. compared to the one that I just previously mentioned. Okay. Right? But I guess at the same time, we also need to think about whether feelings can also be an indicator of discrimination. Because I do think that Mm. Um, you can't really always get objective facts. I think there will be certain things where you have to kind of rely on feelings as well. Mm. So I think this is not to say that yeah, yeah, feelings definitely. are not feelings are not valid, but I guess treat it with a pinch of salt, right? Okay, I, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also wouldn't say treat it with a pinch of salt exactly, but I think <laughs> it's more okay. I think it's more of just like uh this point right okay this seriously is not to push like an agenda or anything okay like mm-hmm. this this statistic isn't even f- true. It's <laughs> yeah. it's literally made up. Okay, just yeah, it's just a thought. It's just asking ourselves whether whether or not, all statistics are like yeah whether super indicative yeah or whether or not statistics can be taken as objective fact because mm-hmm. even the questions itself that are asked in these types of surveys or um gathering of statistical data it can be very subjective and it depends on the context yeah just because you quantify feelings mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the feelings no longer become subjective mm. that's my argument mm-hmm. yeah so that's our thought okay of the day. so that's our thought of the day 
Thanks, Shannon. Bye. Thanks, Zoe. Bye. <laughs> Ciao.